So today, what I wanted to share about is what God spoke to us last Sunday, last weekend, through Tyrant. Um, what he brought to restoration was what we would call an apostolic input uh, to us as a church. And we want to talk, I want to talk about how we can apply that to our individual lives here in Chicago and how we can apply that to restoration as a whole, uh, corporately as a church. And for those who were not here last um, Sunday or, or you are visiting for the first time, I want to invite you to listen to the recording uh, from Tyron, whom we recognize as someone who carries a very strong five-fold ministry gifting. Uh, for those of you who are, may not be familiar with that means, when we say a five-fold ministry is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, a gifting of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, what they do is they would come and try to help us, strengthen us, encourage us, in a way sometimes challenge us. I was challenged last weekend, so hopefully some of you were challenged also in terms of who Jesus is and why we live the way that we live and why we should live the way that we live and why we should worship him and how we should see things through his perspective from our, our God who we worship. And also when they come in, it's mostly to uh, help us grow and mature because when you're being challenged, Hopefully, you're being stretched and challenged in a good way, so then we can grow into, what, a whole measure of, of fullness in Christ, right? That's what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 said, is Jesus gave these gifts so the church can grow and mature into the fullness of the whole, the whole in the whole measure of fullness in Christ. Uh, I do want to say a couple things about these Ephesians 4 weekends. That's what we call them. You can call them anything else. You can call them guest speaker weekends, but... Uh, these are mostly, uh, we refer to them as Ephesians 4 because, because we're inviting them to come in. Uh, firstly, it's Tyron. Uh, it's spelled like Tyrone, right? In America, we would say Tyrone, but for him, it's Tyron because he's, he is an American, but he was born outside of America. So anyway, Tyron. I, I don't know why it was funny. I always want to call him Tyrone to his face, but I know he doesn't like it. Uh, so Tyron is a friend, and um, he is a friend from outside of restoration. He is not over restoration. He doesn't have any authority over the leaders at, rest, at restoration or any of us. Uh, we choose to partner with Tyron and, and uh, NCMI in terms of we choose to partner with the apostolic team, firstly because this is what we see from scriptures, right? Because we, we see Paul and his team traveling around to the local churches and, and provide ap apostolic input and help the church to be strengthened and, and sometimes maybe rebuke where they were going. Uh, so that's what we see from scriptures, is partnership. We believe that there's a partnership with uh, different autonomous local churches. That's number one. And number two, it is for outsider perspective. Because we, in general, as people, always have blind spots. There are times when we do things, we think we're doing it right, we, we're doing it the right way or how it should be done. But there are always blind spots. And it's good to have outside people from the outside to come in and speak to us and remind us, like, hey, you guys don't do worship at all. What's the problem? I mean, we do. I'm just saying that as an example. Uh, and, and also, for, in a way, for, for, for us as elders to have accountability. Because we do want to have accountability to people. Yes, we want to be accountable to God, but we also want to be accountable to other people who's, who've walked before us and who've been to many different places. So that's the, that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, Tyron and other people have, as I said, have recognized the fivefold ministry, and they understand and respect the leadership of each local church and the importance of the local church. 
as they themselves. They all belong to a local church. Just so you guys know, we do not want to invite anyone who does not, who is not part of a local church because that's what we believe in because that's what we see in, in, in line with scriptures. So they would only, and also they would, when they come in, they would only speak on the topic that we have asked them to. Certain people, we ask them, we give them free range, but in general, they would only speak on the topic that we ask them to. So I just want to let you guys know that, and that's the biblical model that we see, and that's what we want to function as such. Uh, I'm sure there are many different church models and different backgrounds where you came from. Uh, some of those models, models may sound cool or, or reasonable or even business-like, but we, at least here at Restoration as a local church, we only want to function in the model that we see in the Bible. We see in his scripture because it's not our church, right? It's not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. It's Jesus' church. So we want to follow the model that he has put out for us. Uh, I know most of you know this, but I felt it's good to say it again as a reminder for us. If you have any questions about the functioning of the local church, I want to encourage you, firstly, go read it from scripture. Don't just talk to someone else. Read it from scripture for yourself. Number one, or, you know, or look it up in the Bible. And then if you have any questions still, please come and let me know. I would love to uh, talk with you more on that. This thing seems a little bit high for me. I feel like I need to be taller today. <laughs> I'll stand on my tiptoes. So for, for this morning, again, as I said, I want to talk about what came through last weekend. Uh, there were many things that God spoke to us. If you were at the uh, session on both Saturday and Sunday, there are many things that came through. Um, and, and I know it, it was really good, but... Um, and again, I want to encourage you guys in the strongest thank you. Vanessa is used to uh, dealing with shorter things, so uh, shorter people, so that was very good. Thank you. Um, so in, in the strongest encouragement as possible to, it's the truth, right? It's, I'm, I'm a little bit shorter. I can accept that. Uh, in the strongest encouragement as possible to, to listen to the recording, you know, whether you're on the train or whether you are uh, commuting and what have you, because there's a lot of good stuff in there. The one thing that I really want to re-emphasize for us as a church, and it's important for us to stop and pause when we hear something from God, to um, meditate on it, to let it massage into our hearts and just reflect upon you know, Reflection, there you go, that's the right term. To reflect on what God has spoke to us to see, are we doing this? Do we need to do this? Are, are we wrong? Are we right? And what can we do better? So one of the things that I really want to emphasize again for us as followers of Jesus, is to find our significance in Jesus. That's what came through last weekend. I don't want us to, to continue to stay in that place and continue to press in that particular topic, is to find our significance in Jesus. Don't find our significance in what we have accomplished, because for us, in general, that's what we like to do as people, right? We find our significance in our career, we find our uh, significance in, in the things that we have accomplished, how many degrees we have had, how many PhDs we have, how many initials we have behind our name, uh, in our, our spouses, how uh, our background or our children. You know, some of us may live through our kids. I sometimes catch myself trying to relive my glory days through my kids, so I have to remind myself, don't do that. Or our background, or where we came from, or find our significance in our appearances and what have you. But it's a reminder for all of us as a church is to find our significance in Jesus. It sounds simple, right? But it's not easy. It's not easy. There's so many reasons for us to find our significance in Jesus because, one, Jesus, he is God. I know we know this, but it's good to remind ourselves because we might say it, 
but we need to actually live it. Right? Jesus is God, therefore he is eternal. Through our faith in him, we have received eternal life. Jesus is, is, is eternal. Jesus is God, therefore everything was created for him and by him. So which means he has power over all things, right? And he has control over all things. Thirdly, Jesus is God, therefore he knows all things, all things that have happened in the past, in the present, and in the future. So to sum it all up, he is eternal. He knows all things, and all, he has control over all things. So that's what we want to find our significance in Jesus instead of um, things or people because if we find our significance in our bank account or our job titles, those things will be gone very quickly. If your bank account is like mine, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. So you don't want to be feeling all excited when the numbers are a little bit higher and then suddenly I have to find my significance in something else. So if we find our significance in Jesus, we know that we'll always be constant. We'll always be right. Uh, don't find our significance in pleasing people. A lot of us are people pleaser. Uh, you may not want to accept it, but a lot of us are people pleaser. Don't find our significance in that because people are very fickle. That's true. We may not like it about ourselves, but people are fickle. People will change their minds about what they like, what they don't like. So don't find our significance in people. Not in material things, because they will eventually perish or break down, right? If we find our significance in a nice new car, 10 years from now, it's not going to be the same. Eventually, it will break down. Not in our cultural rules or norms or society rules and norms because everything will always change. Right? What was good or right and wrong 20 years ago is not the same now. We know that. And what's good and right and wrong now is not going to be the same 20 years from now. So when we find our significance in Jesus, we know that things will always be the same. He will always be right. He knows everything. And he has power over all things. So that's why we need to find our significance in Jesus. And when we do that, we will know that we're his people. We're always loved. We can find out. Elliot, you agree, right? We know that we can find our security and our identity in Jesus because he is who he said he is. Right? He is God. He was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not going to change and say, well, I'm God yesterday, but today, I'm just your buddy. But tomorrow, I don't really know you. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Who was, who is, and who is to come, right? So we need to know who we are. And when we, when we find our significance in Jesus, we know who we are, right? Significance in the things that does not perish. We know who we are because once Jesus has rescued us into his kingdom, from the dominion of darkness. Tyrants uh, shared this last week is we may be breathing, but we're dead without Jesus. Through Jesus, he brought us life, eternal life. I'm talking about spiritual life. We're breathing right now, but eventually, physically, we will die. Right? Without Jesus, we're, gonna, we're not going to be happy. And that's when we find our significance in Jesus, we know who we are. We come to know our identity. But we cannot stop there. We cannot stop there because if we, if we always focus on our joy, our rest, our security, our identity, our freedom, which those things are good, but if we constantly focus on those things, we become obsessed with ourselves. We become obsessed, obsessed did I say it correctly? Obsessed with the me, myself, and I. 
could come access with, with me, myself, and I, even though we have been rescued into the kingdom of God, our mentality is still the same as before. Right? Because before, without God, it's all about us. It's about what I can get. What's in it for me? So mentally, we're still living the same if we focus too much on what we have, what we need, what we get. It's, uh, it's, it, that's, it's challenging for me, so I hope it's challenging for all of you. And we want to live with a different mentality. We want our minds to be trans, transformed and think differently and not living as we were without God. Because without God, without Jesus, it's always about me, myself, and I. Right? We may talk a good game, but at the end of the day, it's always about me, myself, and I. What's in it for me? What matters to me? If I may use an example, and this may cause you some controversial, but uh, you, you guys have been hearing a lot of things on the news. Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. But I feel like that type of thinking, if we apply the same principle that we just talked about, black lives matter to God, to God, right? So if we shift our mentality and think about our significance in God, black lives matter to God, white lives matter to God, blue lives matter to God, I think we all were missing the to God. So if we involve God in the equation, solve a lot of equations. We solve a lot of problems, right? And by the way, why are there no Asian lives matters? Asian lives matters to God. Amen. Thank you. But what I'm trying to say is because when we're so focused on the me, myself, and I, we just worry about us, our little group, our little clique. But when we look at it from the perspective of who God is, his goodness, and how big he is, we know that we all matter to him each and every one of us, to God. So we need to involve him in the equation for everything that we do. Those issues and fights and protests, they will all be gone, if we can all, if we can all think from that perspective. So practically, what can we do as followers of Jesus to live as people who find the significance in, 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 um, in Jesus? Practically, how does that work? So last week, Tyron shared about for us, you know, once we know that we love, once we know that we're God's people, we want to follow his teaching and his commandments. That is, the next thing is to be a part of a local church. We need to find ourselves to be a part of a local church. Because once we know that we're saved, right, Jesus said, on this rock, meaning this revelation that you know that I am the son of God, I will build my church. That means I will put you together with the other rocks, so to speak. That's my translation. It's not easy to do. I, I think... I think it's okay for me to say that, right? It's not easy to be a part of a local church because we as individuals, before Jesus, maybe it's just me, but I think before Jesus, we pretty much did whatever we wanted with no accountability, right? We did whatever we wanted as long as we can get away with it. That's, but then when God put us together in a local church family, we have to be accountable to we have to be an example because building with other people means relationship, means sharing, means opening things up and allow people to speak into our lives. So when Jesus saved us from death and into his kingdom, that means into his family. First, firstly, the local church is a biblical model. That is God's idea, by the way. It's not anyone's idea. God said, I will build my church. And that's the first time the word church was mentioned in scriptures. You guys can go and look it up. 
So this new name, right? Uh, I will, upon on this rock, I will build my church. You are Peter. So that rock is that revelation, as I was saying. So firstly, it's God's idea. Secondly, um, being in a local church helped us to become living stones, so to speak. And I, sometimes for me, how I think is I, I try to help people understand the difference between uh, why are we um, going to church and why we don't want to be a local church. Um, to be part of a local church is the rock, right? We were a rock. We knew that God had saved us. But to be a part of a local church is about a living stone. The difference, the analogy between the two is the rock has rough edges, right? In general, stone has smooth edges. So we need, we, I think we all have rough edges. If I, can I say that? I think, I think hopefully if, if, you, if you say no, you, you, you need to be a little bit more honest with yourself. So we all have rough edges when God put us together. We can smooth out the rough edges so we can be living stone. So we can be used by him and for him. That's why the church is necessary. Firstly, because that's his model. Secondly, because he wants to use us. He wants to shape us. He wants to grow us, soften us, if I can use that term. Smooth, smooth us up a little bit. So, um, sadly, you know, some people don't even get to this stage in terms of wanting to be a part of a local church. And even some people just stop at this stage. Like, that's it. I just want to be a part of a local church, and that's it. That's all I want to do. Just to say that I belong somewhere. Yes, that is God's plan. And that's what he wants for us. But there's so much more to that. Because God doesn't say in scriptures, um, be part of my local church so you can give money to other people. So you can uh, um, tell other people to go share the gospel. Or you can tell the people about the great, tell other people to go tell others about the great commission. He's saying, you, therefore you. That means each and every one of us. Each and every one of us is to share the great mission, right? So not just, well, let the leaders do it. Let the people who get paid go share the Great Commission. Let, let the leaders do the discipling. Let the leaders um, share with others about who God is. No, it's you, every one of us. So when we're part of a local church, it helps us to learn to dis- disciple other people or be discipled ourselves. Well, we need to be discipled first. So if we're not being part of a local church, we cannot be discipled. We cannot learn about how to share the gospel. We cannot learn about how can we share the testimony and how to actually be living stones, as in living it out. Um, and being an active member or a living stone in the body of Christ means you know, some of the things that we talked about. Sunday morning, I know all of you guys are great about this. Sunday morning, corporate prayer and connect groups. That's what we see in scriptures. There are many other events, but those are the three that the local church as a member of a local church. That's what we should do. And it's through the local church, as I said, we can learn how to disciple other people and be disciple ourselves. Because if we don't want to be disciple, it's difficult to disciple others, right? I think there's a cliche that said, if you want to learn how to lead, you got to be led. If you don't want to be led, you can never lead anybody. That's pretty much just a common. You don't need to know the Bible to know that. So anyway, that was a free tip for you guys. So, so through the local church, we ourselves can learn and grow. So then we, each and every one of us, each and every one of us can go and share the gospel. The Great Commission. Share the gospel. Advance the kingdom. That's what God called each and every one of us to do. Again, right? Not just the leaders, not just the mature Christians, whoever they are. 
not just the few, all of us, to share the gospel. So the kingdom of God is advances through each of us, know our identity, live out the things that he has taught us to do, and follow through and learn and grow and allow God to uh, smooth out our rough edges and carry out the Great Commission. And when we, 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 as in all of us, each and every one of us, not just the few, all of us, carry out the Great Commission, that's how the kingdom of God advances. That's how it advances because we are sharing the gospel everywhere we go, not just the few, but all of us. Where am I? I completely lost track of where I was. So anyway, so I'm trying to say that that's practically that's how each and every one of us can live out our lives in terms of finding our significance in Jesus, follow the things that he's taught us to do, because they all tie together. As we come to the revelation of who Jesus is, he's the king of a kingdom that we belong to. We want to do what he called us to do, the things that he's commissioned us to do, and follow his commands and his teachings. Not what we think that we want to do, not, uh, not based on our comfort level, not based on our age. It doesn't really matter. Speaking of which, so that's a, for me, I feel like that's a sign of maturity in Christ. If you want to find a way to measure our maturity in Christ is when we are constantly finding our significance in Jesus. That is our maturity in Christ. Because as we have security in who we are in Jesus, knowing that we've been rescued, into the kingdom. Think about into the kingdom, not about where we came from, and actually live a transformed life. Are we living the same as we did before? Are we being different? If we're being transformed, that means we are maturing and growing. So what's the sign of maturity? Is take the focus of ourselves and view our lives through the commands and the teaching of Jesus Christ. That's a sign of maturity. Finding our significance in Jesus in everything that we do. So the more that we can live out what Jesus has called us to be, we will have an understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done. He died on the cross for us, right? So we can be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And then knowing that he places us in the local church to become living stones, because knowing that he is building his church. So we got to accept that. If he's sending us somewhere, stay there. Stay there until it's time for, us, for him to move us on. Don't just move on because it's too big, too small, too loud. You know, the music is lame. The music is too, too hip-hop. You know, who is this guy dressing his black top with white paint splashed all over? Just if God calls us to be in a certain place, press in and plant and, and, and be there and grow together. There's a reason why other people need us to be in that church. And we need other people to be in that particular church. Because going back to God knows. He knows all things. He knows what's good for us. Constantly live in the kingdom of God. Let the rule and reign of Jesus always be reflected in everything that we do. And everyone, when we do that, everyone around us will know that we exalt Jesus, that we believe in Jesus, that we are followers of Jesus through what we say and, this is the important part, and what we do, right? It's easy to talk the talk. We, I, I say this all the time. Whatever topic that you want to know, I can probably look it up online, and I will become an expert for you. There's so many books about how to program soft, uh, software for dummies, you know, how to be a parent for dummies, how to be a brother for dummies, how to be a business owner for dummies. There's so many things. There's so many things. We can talk a good game, but to actually walk it out, live it, 
That is the best example. That's what Jesus wanted. Like, right? Make disciples. No one's going to try to copy us if all we do is just talk and we don't do anything. You're not going to make any disciples. These disciples come is because we teach them things and they see that we're living it out. Right? Right? Yes? No? Yes, no. Okay. That's from the, thank you. That's from an individual standpoint. So let's talk about how we, as a local church, can find our significance in Jesus. What does that look like? So for us at Restoration, I want to use this opportunity to share the three values that we believe that God has given us. Number one is we're desiring, we desire to seek Jesus and his presence. I think you can find that online. That's the first and foremost. It's always seeking. We're always desiring to seek him. But Jesus and his presence, as in the Holy Spirit. Some people get a little bit wear out when the Holy Spirit comes up. But Jesus said, he sent the Holy Spirit for us. The Holy Spirit would only say and do what the Holy Spirit hear from Jesus, right? So if we don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot hear what Jesus is saying. So that's what we're always seeking and desiring to know. And more importantly, we, we, we want not only to involve in our decision, but we want him to make the decision for us, then follow through on it. Instead of, Jesus, this is what we want to do. What do you think, Jesus? Yes or no? Maybe? No, we want him to tell us, go that way, and then go ourselves, even though it looks crazy and it looks like it doesn't make sense. Right? Church planting in itself is crazy. Who wants to go plant a church? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, maybe one. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Praise God. But see, that, that's what I'm trying to say is let, we're desiring to, to follow Jesus and we want him to make a decision and, and more importantly, walk in it with courage and conviction to know that this is where Jesus is calling us to go. This is what he's calling us to do. And I don't care what people say. We're going to do it because we believe in Jesus. Surrender to him. Right? So we want to make sure that he's always exalted and glorified. We want to sing to him always. There should not be any confusion about who is God in this local church. For those who are visiting, hopefully you know that we worship Jesus, not just God, an unnamed God anywhere. That's why we have that glorified Jesus everywhere out there. We want to make sure that when you come here, this is who we worship. We want it to be fun and friendly environment. Anyone come in here, they should have no doubt about who we are as followers of Jesus. He's the king of kings, right? We sang to that. Not just a king, king of kings, king of kings. Secondly, is to live out the authentic biblical church because the local church is being built, was built, being built, did I say that correctly? Being built by Jesus. So that means we, all of us, not just a few, but all of us need to intentionally build relationship with each other, with the people that God has put around us. Otherwise, our rough edges are always going to stay rough edges. We need those edges to be smoothed out, as in living stone, because it requires for us to be intentional. You can't just build a relationship by meeting someone and talk to them for two minutes on Sunday. Right? What kind of relationship is that? I would say that's a lame relationship, if I can say that, because relationship is about knowing each other, knowing where we've been, the things that we're trusting for, the things that we're struggling the things that, the, the obstacles that we have overcome, the testimonies that God has, has um, spoken over us. 
It takes time. So we have to be intentional about those things. We need to reach out and find ways to, to build and then spend time with each other. Be intentional in prioritizing, as I said earlier. Be intentional in prioritizing Sunday. Be intentional in prioritizing corporate prayer. Be intentional in prioritizing connect groups. That's when we build together, grow together, and strengthen together. And, and thirdly, with the biblical church, is be intentional in honoring each other. It's, it's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. It's always speaking life into each other, always encouraging each other, you know, honoring each other. We want to have a culture of honoring in our church, and I think all churches should have a culture of honoring. You know, you don't need... Even when people are not around, they want to know and they should know that we will always say good things about them. We will never drag their names through the mud. That's what it is. We want to honor each other, lift each other up, and acknowledge each other for who they are and their accomplishment and what they have done and, and, and where they have gone, what they have gone through. So no gossiping, right? Only speaking life into it. So those are the things that we want to do. That's what it means to live out the authentic biblical church. And our third value, number three, is desiring to see his kingdom advances everywhere. That's what Jesus wants all his people to do. And every single church, I think, should have this. It's desiring to see his kingdom advances. Because that's what God called each and every one of us to do, right? And in order to do that, we need to be able to live as we're free from the influence of this world. Because if we are still under pressure, if we're scared, if we worry about the things that we say, we can never speak about Jesus. We can never speak freely. We can never share about the things that he has done for us and help other people see who Jesus is and how mighty he is and how he has transformed us and changed our lives. Free from rules of religion. Free from our self-righteousness. Free from our self-importance. Like, oh, I'm so special. Thank you. She reminds me all the time how I take myself too serious. We need the other people to remind ourselves, hey, don't take yourself too seriously. God is in control. It sounds like a cliche, but it is. If you really believe in God, he is really in control. Let the rule and reign of Jesus in our lives permeate everything and everyone that we come in contact with. So don't just talk about Jesus on Sunday morning. Talk about him on Sunday night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and come around again. And also, don't just talk to Jesus about followers of Jesus, with followers of Jesus. Talk about him to other people who don't know Jesus. Try that. It's not easy. Try it. It's fun, but it's not easy. But that's what it means. It's designed to see his kingdom advances by sharing the gospel with those who don't know him. I think I was sharing with uh, Judy. She just had to leave that I use to make fun of people who go to church. I used to pick argument against people who believe in God just for the fun of it because, like, you guys are idiots. You need, like, a clutch to live your life. Why can't you live your life? Why are you so weak? But then once I come to the revelation of who God is, everything changed. Everything changed. And we want to bring that to people. We want to set people free, help people be free from the pressure of life. And the only way to do that is what? Share the gospel. Speak into it. So, and that's, that's what it means, right? Share the gospel. Advance the kingdom. Walk the walk. We can talk the talk. I'm sure everyone can talk the talk great on Sunday. Me too. This, this goes for me too. I'm speaking to myself also. But when Monday comes, 
That's another day. Can we walk the walk on Monday? So anyway, so those are some of the things that we can do practically as a church of how to find our significance in Jesus. You know, Jesus, always speaking about uh, through his perspective, so Jesus, he will be pleased when we do those things, both individually and corporately as a church. We do those things because those are the things that he had command, commanded us to do, right? Not according to what we think, or not according to our comfort level or our background to say, well, you know, I'm kind of so young, so I can't really share the gospel to someone who's older than me. What well, does it matter? You know, always because, well, I didn't go to seminary school, so I can't share the gospel. No. If we have a relationship with Jesus, share from that. That is stronger, better testimony than anything else. Because it's all about our relationship with Jesus, right? It's not about the things that we learn in books. It's all about relationship with Jesus. It's not about our capacity. Oh, I'm so busy. I have 15 kids running around. You know, I'm just thinking that is exactly. It may feel like 15 kids. I only have three, but sometimes it feels like 15 kids. I have no time to share the gospel. No, it's not about our capacity. It's not about a life status. Well, you know, let me graduate from college or let me get a promotion or let me get a new job before I can share the gospel. No. It's not about any of those things. Just share about what we know, our relationship with Jesus, who he is to us. So therefore, about uh, us corporately, those are the things that we, we can do in terms of finding our significance in Jesus. So that's why our vision for restoration is to glorify Jesus everywhere. Everywhere as in right now, Sunday morning, everywhere as in tomorrow, in this neighborhood, in other nations, wherever God will take us, we're going to go. We want to believe in it because he knows better than us. Sometimes, to be honest with you, I don't really know why God is telling us to do certain things because of our size and, and how, how limited that we are. But we're trusting in the big God. He has big plans for us. Take a step and then he will provide for us. Uh, an example I want to say is how can we possibly impact nations? Right? But God's calling us to go places. Just so you know, Toby and I, we go to Mexico on a medical ministry trip. Just so you know, if you know Toby, if you look back there, Toby and I, we're not Mexican. We don't speak Spanish. We have no medical background, except I know how to use a Band-Aid. That's my, the extent of my medical. But, but, you know, God is calling us to go, so we're going. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to go there, and we're trusting that he will use us, and he will make an impact to those people around there. So that's what I mean in terms of when he speaks, why would we go to Mexico when we're so small? We're limited in funds. We don't have that many people. I don't know if I, it would have been different if I can speak Spanish and I'm a doctor, but I'm not. Any of those things. We actually have Spanish-speaking people here. You guys should be going instead of me. Uh, but that's, that's an example that I want to use from the standpoint that we want to be used by God to impact neighborhoods and nations because we serve a big God. We serve a mighty God, so we can never put a limit on what we should be doing. So that's just an example of how, uh, again, as I said, you know, restoration, how we can find our significance in Jesus. Trust in him. Let him make a decision for us and follow through with courage and conviction. Um, that's our vision. I want to touch briefly on our mission and our vision, right? So the difference between the two is our mission is something that we are currently doing on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And what we want to do as a mission is to bring restoration to people everywhere through relationship with Jesus. Not through our charity, or not because we're compassionate, not because we're kind, or not because any, anything. We want 
to help people have relationship with Jesus. Show them how to have relationship with Jesus because people will be restored through their relationship with Jesus. That's our mission. That's what we want to do on a daily basis all the time, every Sunday and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesday. And vision, a vision is the ultimate goal. So that's the difference between the two. Mission, for those of you who don't know, mission is something that you do on a daily basis. A vision is the ultimate goal for what you want to get to. And that's a vision is to glorify Jesus everywhere. We're going to keep on going until Jesus is glorified everywhere. In all the nations, right? Or until when he comes back. Could be next month. It could be 200 years from now. But wherever that is, we'll be ready. We're going to keep on going. And when he comes back, there will not be any mistake of who he is. People will not be confused of who he is. The first time around, even his disciples didn't know who he was. But when he comes back around the second time, there will be no mistake of who Jesus is. So anyway, so I just want to share about our mission and our, our vision for who we are at Restoration. Um, we talk about everywhere. You know, every day, our jobs, our neighbors, share that with our people that we know, people around us. Allow Jesus to speak into our marriages, our, our friendships, our neighbors, um, our coworkers. It's so anyway, that's what I was trying to say. I, I actually I have so many things I want to say, but I'm trying to wrap this up because I know I'm running long already. So so um one thing to touch really quick is I want to encourage you guys, each and every one of you. We talk about the mission and the vision for restoration. What is your mission in life? What is your vision? that God has given you. Pray to God. Ask for revelation. Because we all should have a mission. We all should live for something, right? We have been transformed. We're sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. What has God called us to do? All our days have been written out in his book already. Find out from God what is he has planned for us. And step out. Just like I share about uh, us going to Mexico. Step out. And it will be amazing. We called to be pioneering. There's a pioneering DNA in this church, restoration. So live it out. Allow it to flourish and grow to its fullest. So I want to encourage each and every one of you, just go home and think about that. What did God call me to do? What am I, what, what's my mission in my life? What's my vision that God has for me? So anyway, I want to wrap it up by saying that uh, I would like to give some um, daily practical application on how to help us find our significance in Jesus. Number one is get to know Jesus through reading scripture for yourself. Please, please read scripture for yourself. Learn for yourself what the Bible says. Not what we hear through podcasts or to certain, you know, theologians or teachers. Those are great. They teach us certain things, but we, we need to read scriptures for ourselves. All of it. Not just our favorite books or our favorite passages. All of it. Read it for ourselves, right? Because Jesus is the Word and the Word is God. Learn it. Read it. It sounds simple, isn't it? But it, so let's do it. Number two, get to know Jesus by reading Scripture for yourself. Number two, get to know Jesus by spending time with God. Spending time as in relational. Right? For those of you who know, relationship is about spending time. We need to spend time with God. He wants to spend time with us. We need to find time to spend time with Him. So ask God, ask Jesus to speak to us. Just like I said, ask him to speak to you about your mission and your vision for your life. Some of those things, some of those things are very different to different people. Some of the practical examples, if you like running, go running. That's when God will speak to you. 
Do the things that you relax when your mind slows down. That's when God speaks to you. If you like to go walking, go walking. That's when God speaks to you. If you like to listen to worship music, for me, that's when God speaks to me is when I listen to worship music. Uh, um, if you want to sit in a quiet room with a cup of tea, that's when God speaks to you. Do it. Set time out for it. Chores. If you like doing chores, so sometimes Vanessa's, right? No? Okay. I was just hoping that's his chores. So sometimes if, if, if you like doing chores and that's when God speaks to you, do lots of chores. Um, or when you're just having conversation with other people. Or, as I said, when you're just uh, reading scriptures. But find a time to spend time with God because we need to have a relationship with him. There's, there's, if, if we don't spend time with God, that means there's really no relationship. We don't know what he's saying. So read scriptures for yourself. Get to know Jesus by spending time with him. And, and once you spend time with him and hear from God, make the decisions based on what we've heard or what we learned from God. Number three, it's always challenging. Trust me. Make a decision based on what God tells us. I should say it's easy. We can read scriptures, right? We can spend time with God, but when he tells you to do something, suddenly everything's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Well, I don't quite have the money for that. It's like, well, I don't know if I want to live in the city because it's so expensive, but why are you calling me to be in the city? Can I just live right on the edge of the city and just come in? No. Do what he tells us to do. Remember, courage and conviction. Because as we take a step out, he will show us more and more and provide for us. So ask him for a major decision and then make a decision based on that. Whether it's get married, have kids, change jobs, move, tidings, arms, helping people with money, what have you. Ask God for it and go for it. Go for it because he knows everything. He's in control, right? He's eternal. He has power over all things, and he knows all things. So he will provide for us. So I trust that you hear these three things often from me. We talk all the time about reading scripture for yourselves. We talk all the time about spending time with God. And we talk all the time about being courageous, making decisions based on what God has told us to do. Go for it. If he's, if he's telling us to get a new job, get a new job. If he's calling us to quit your job, quit your job. Only if God tells you. Only if God tells you, not what uh, someone else tells you. Oh, if he tells you to have kids, have kids. If God tells you to move somewhere, move somewhere. If God tells you to go speak to someone, speak to someone. Be courageous. God is with us, right? Throughout scriptures, God spoke to his people a lot. Be strong and courageous. Right? You guys hear that all the time. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then the instruction comes after. Right? Be strong and courageous. So, those things are very simple, right? They, they're not complicated, but they're not that easy to do. Going back to talk to talk and walk to walk, we know what to do. Let's put it to work. Start small. Start small. If you're not using reading scriptures, read like one passage and then grow from there. Just like anything else, right? We crawl, we walk, we run. Start small and, and, and grow in our understanding of scriptures, our ability to hear God. We can hear God in many different ways. And... and uh, and, and then work on our faith in making the decision according to his will. Ask God for small decision and then follow it. And then when the times come for big decision, we can hear from him more clearly. And it's easier to make those decisions, those big decisions, according to what God has told us to. And that's, 
and that comes through a revelation of Jesus. That's what we mean by a greater revelation of who Jesus is. The greater our revelations, the bigger decision, the bigger risk that we will take according to what he has called us to do. So those are some of the practical examples of how to live, find our significance in Jesus. When we do that, we live for someone else. We're no longer living for ourselves, right? It's no longer me, myself, and I. Not only do we live for someone else, but we live for someone who is worth it, who's worth it for us to do, to do so. It's someone who is eternal, someone who has power over all things, and someone who's not limited by time or space. Let's live for Jesus. Let's live as people who find our significance in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's what I have for us today, and I want to encourage each and every one of us to do so because it's very rewarding because the pressure is off us. It's no longer how hard I need to work or no longer what I need to know. Live for Jesus. So, uh, amen. All right, can I pray? Can I pray for us and close the meeting? Dear Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We want to thank you for who you are. Thank you for today. Thank you for this morning. Just thank you for what you have spoken to us through the conversation, just through the worship time, through the songs, just through the words, and just through your presence. We just want to thank you for you, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will soften our hearts and be able to receive what you have for us today, myself included, just to hear from you. Thank you that you have set us free. Thank you that you, God, Jesus, you have came and set us free. Set us free from the eternal death and gave us eternal life. Rescue us from the dominion of darkness. Speaking of which, I just want to give this opportunity to anyone who don't have a relationship with Jesus you just, and you want to have a relationship with Jesus. If you want to be set free, live in the kingdom of God. Walk freely in the kingdom of God and have eternal life eternal life in terms of eternally knowing. For me, eternal life is in knowing my kids. I will always know my kids. and will always know my grandkids forever and ever and ever. For those of you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would love to use this opportunity to, to invite you to have a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is just accept him into your heart. You don't have to go through the 10-step process. You don't have to change your image, change the way you dress, change the way you talk. Just have a relationship with him. If anyone here who wants to do that, I would love to lead you into a prayer to do so now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for who you are, God. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you. Let us be the people who live for you, God. Let us be the people who find our significance in you, Jesus. Let us be known as followers of Jesus, not followers of a good principle, not followers of a good, uh, good rule book or, or good anything, but followers of Jesus. We just want to pray for that, Lord. We love you and we worship you. Holy Spirit, come and strengthen us. We ask that in the name of Jesus. So we can be strong and courageous. We can be strong and courageous for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you. Amen.